Good afternoon, and welcome to the Rothko Chapel and our monthly installment of Contemplation and Sound. For those of you who are joining for the first time, my name is Ashley Klimmer. I'm the Director of Programs and Community Engagement. And this is the ninth and a 12-part series that we are exploring the role of sound and music in different faith traditions and how these practices can help to sustain our spirit during challenging times. This program is offered the first Wednesday of the month, 12 o'clock Central Time, and is being live streamed from inside of the Rothko Chapel. So for those of you who've never been to the Rothko Chapel before or who have not had the opportunity to see the recent restoration, we'd like to invite you to come visit. And while you're here, please see the new Suzanne Deal Booth Welcome House. To get more information and to reserve a ticket, you can visit our website at rothkochapel.org. As always, the entire program today will last an hour. You can expect approximately a 40-minute practice, and then this will be followed with a Q&A. So you will have an opportunity to, to share any questions that you have with the presenters. Today's offering is focusing on the music and sound found within the Islamic tradition and is being presented during the holy month of Ramadan. We are very honored to have with us today singer and songwriter Muhammad Hussein, Imam Dr. Basim Hamid from the Shadow Creek Islamic Center and Juris Council Member of the Islamic Society of Greater Houston, singer and drummer Muaz Onas, and Fatima Ali, who is here today to serve as our translator. A special thanks to Sharik Ghani and Zaina Sudek and the Minaret Foundation for their support and organization of today's offering. While each of the presenters' bios are found on our website, I would like to take a moment just to lift up a little bit more about each of them. Mohammed Hussein is a singer and a songwriter who has produced songs in both Arabic and English. He has performed in Cairo and has toured the United States. His songs aim to inspire and deliver a positive message of compassion and unity. Dr. Imam Bassam Humed is born and raised in Syria as part of the refugee program for Palestinians. He graduated from Damascus University School of Medicine and attained a master's degree in Islamic studies. He is the founder of Wasat Institute, focused on the nexus of health and spirituality. He is also a practicing neurologist and pain specialist. Muaz Ulnas is, is of Syrian descent. Both his father and grandfather were renowned scholars of Islam. He studied Inshad and Muhammath, which are both styles of religious poetry and songs under the foremost singers in Syria. He has been involved in many renowned musical performances in the USA and in UK. He currently resides in Houston, Texas, and works for the University of Texas Health Science Center as an IT specialist. And last but not least, we have Fatima Ali. She is the outreach coordinator for Musjid Waruddin Muhammad and is, an, and is active in engaging both young people and women in Islamic activities. She has served with Interfaith Ministries on their Young Leaders team and is active in bridge building efforts throughout Houston. So please join me in extending a warm welcome and thank you all for being here. Good afternoon, everyone. 
so as was mentioned, uh, today is actually the 23rd day of the month of Ramadan. And Ramadan is the month uh, in which the Quran was revealed to mankind. And I will be reciting from the 19th chapter of the Quran, the chapter of Mary. And uh, I couldn't help but relate to what uh, uh, was mentioned in the introduction about how uh, the scripture can help us get through tough times. The story of Mary uh, catalogs uh, a young lady who went through an incredibly difficult time. And so these verses uh, do serve to uplift uh, our spirits and help us get through these tribulations. I will begin with the opening chapter of the Quran, Surah Al-Fatiha. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم كاف ها يا عين صاد ذكر رحمة ربك عبده زكريا إذ نادى ربه نداء خفيا قال ربي قال رب إني وهن العظم مني واشتعل الرأس شيبا ولم أكن بدعائك رب شقيا وإني خفت الموالي من ورائي وكانت امرأتي عاقرا فهب لي من لدنك وليا يرثني ويرث من آل يعقوب وجعله رب رضيا يا زكريا إنا نبشرك بغلام اسمه يحيى لم نجعل له من قبل سميا قال رب أنا يكون لي غلام وكانت امرأتي عاقرا وقد بلغت من الكبر عتيا قال كذلك قال ربك هو علي هين وقد خلقتك من قبل ولم تك شيئا قال رب اجعل لي آية قال آيتك ألا تكلم الناس ثلاث ليال سويا 
فخرج على قومه من المحراب فأوحى إليهم أن سبحوا بكرة وعشيا يا يحيى خذ الكتاب بقوة وآتيناه الحكم صبيا وحنانا من لدنا وزكاة وكان تقيا وبرا بوالديه ولم يكن جبارا عصيا وسلام عليه يوم ولد ويوم يموت ويوم يبعث حيا واذكر في الكتاب مريم إذ انتبذت من أهلها مكانا شرقيا فاتخذت من دونهم حجابا فأرسلنا إليها روحنا فتمثل لها بشرا سويا قالت إني أعوذ بالرحمن منك إن كنت تقيا قال إنما أنا رسول ربك لأهب لك غلاما زكيا قالت أنا يكون لي غلام ولم يمسسني بشر ولم أك بغيا قال كذلك قال ربك هو علي هين ولنجعله آية للناس ورحمة منا وكان أمرا مقضيا فحملته فانتبذت به مكانا قصيا فأجاءها المخاض إلى جذع النخلة قالت يا ليتني مت قالت يا ليتني مت قبل هذا وكنت نسيا منسيا فناداها من تحتها ألا تحزني قد جعل ربك تحتك سريا وهزي إليك بجذع النخلة تساقط عليك رطبا جنيا فكلي واشربي وقري عينا فإما ترين من البشر أحدا فقولي إني نذرت للرحمن صوما فلن أكلم اليوم إنسيا فأتت به قومها تحمله قالوا يا مريم لقد جئت شيئا فريا يا أخت هارون ما كان أبوك امرأ سوء وما كانت أمك بغيا فأشارت إليه قالوا كيف نكلم من كان في المهد صبيا قال إني عبد الله 
آتاني الكتاب وجعلني نبيا وجعلني مباركا أينما كنت وأوصاني بالصلاة والزكاة ما دمت حيا وبرا بوالدتي ولم يجعلني جبارا شقيا والسلام علي يوم ولدت ويوم أموت ويوم أبعث حيا ذلك عيسى بن مريم قول الحق الذي فيه يمترون ما كان لله أن يتخذ من ولد سبحانه إذا قضى أمرا فإنما يقول له كن فيكون وإن الله ربي وربكم فاعبدوه هذا صراط مستقيم فاختلف الأحزاب من بينهم فويل للذين كفروا من مشهد يوم عظيم أسمع بهم وأبصر يوم يأتوننا لكن الظالمون اليوم في ضلال مبين وأنذرهم يوم الحسرة إذ قضي الأمر وهم في غفلة وهم لا يؤمنون إنا نحن نرث الأرض ومن عليها وإلينا يرجعون صدق الله العظيم السلام عليكم Peace be upon all of you. Um, I will be reading the translation for the selection from Surah Mary uh, that Brother Muhammad just read. Kaf, ha, ya, ayn, sad. This is a reminder of your Lord's mercy to his servant Zechariah when he cried out to his Lord privately, saying, My Lord, surely my bones have become brittle my gray hair has spread across my head, but I have never been disappointed in my prayer to you, my Lord. And I am concerned about the faith of my relatives after me, since my wife is barren. So grant me, by your grace and heir, who will inherit prophethood from me and the family of Jacob, and make him, O Lord, pleasing to you. The angel announced, O Zechariah, Indeed, we give you the good news of the birth of a son whose name will be John, a name we have not given to anyone before. He wondered, My Lord, how can I have a son when my wife is barren and I have become extremely old? An angel replied, So it will be. Your Lord says it is easy for me, just as I created you before when you were nothing. Zechariah said, My Lord, grant me a sign. He responded, your sign is that you will not be able to speak to people for three nights, despite being healthy. So, if he, so he came out to his people from the sanctuary, signaling to them to glorify God morning and evening. It was later said, O oh John, hold firmly to the scriptures 
and we granted him wisdom while he was still a child, as well as purity and compassion from us. And he was God-fearing and kind to his parents. He was neither arrogant nor disobedient. Peace be upon him the day he was born and the day of his death and the day he will be raised back to life. Gabriel visits Mary. And mention in the book, O prophet, the story of Mary when she withdrew from her family to a place in the east, screening herself off from, from them. Then we sent her our angel Gabriel, appearing before her as a man perfectly formed. She appealed, I truly seek the refuge, I truly seek refuge in the most compassionate from you. So leave me alone if you are God-fearing. He responded, I am only a messenger from your Lord, sent to bless you with a pure son. She wondered, how can I have a son when no man has ever touched me, nor am I unchaste? He replied, so it will be. Your Lord says it is easy for me, and so will we make him a sign for humanity and a mercy from us. It is a matter already decreed. Jesus's virgin birth. So she conceived him and withdrew with him to a remote place. Then the pains of labor drove her to a trunk of a palm tree. She cried, alas, I wish I had died before this and was a thing long forgotten. And so a voice reassured her from below her, do not grieve. Your Lord has provided a stream at your feet and shake the trunk of this palm tree towards you. It will drop fresh ripe dates upon you. So eat and drink and put your heart at ease. But if you see any of the people say, I have vowed silence to the most compassionate, so I am not talking to anyone today. The reaction to baby Jesus. Then she returned to her people carrying him. They said in shock, Oh Mary, you have certainly done a horrible thing. O oh, sister of Aaron, your father was not an indecent man, nor was your mother unchaste. So she pointed to the baby. They exclaimed, how can we talk to someone who is an infant in the cradle? Jesus declared, I am truly a servant of God. He has destined me to be given the scripture and to be a prophet. He has made me a blessing wherever I go and bid me to establish prayer and give alms tax as long as I live and to be kind to my mother. He has not made me arrogant or defiant. Peace be upon me the day I was born, the day I die, and the day I will be raised back to life. That is Jesus, son of Mary. And this is a word of truth about which they will dispute, about which they dispute. It is not for God to take a son, glory be to him. When he decrees a matter, he simply tells it be, and it is. Jesus also declared, Surely God is my Lord and your Lord, so worship him alone. This is the straight path. Yet their various groups have dis differed amongst themselves about him. So woe to the disbelievers when they face a tremendous day. How clearly they will hear and see on the day they will come to us. But today the wrongdoers are clearly astray. And warn them, O prophet, of the day of regret when all matters will be settled, when they are engrossed in heedlessness and disbelief.
Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you. We're going to be performing a lyric that is over 700 years old called the Burda, which means the garment, which is dedicated to praise the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and is written by the famous poet Al-Busiri, who was born in North Africa and Algeria and lived in Egypt and died in the year 1294. <laughs> Mr. 
يرد جماح من غوايتها كما يرد جماح الخيل باللجوم مولاي صل وسلم دائما ابدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم فلا تروم بالمعاصي كسر شهوتها ان الطعام يقوي شوتا نائم والنفس كالطفل ان تمله شاب على حب الرضاع وان تفطم يا فطيم مولاي صل وسلم دائما ابدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم فاصرف هواها وحذر ان توليه ان الهوى ما تولى يصمي او يصيم وراعيها وهي في الاعمال سائمه وان هي استحلت المرعى فلا تسيمي مولاي صلي وسلم دائما ابدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم كم حسنت لذه للمرء قاتله من حيث لم يدري ان السم في الدسم واغشى الدسائس من جوع ومن شباع فرب مخمصات شر من التخم مولاي صلي وسلم دائما ابدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم واستفرغ الدمع من عين قد امتلأت من المحارم والزمحم يتندم وخالف النفس والشيطان واعصيهما وإنهما محضا كالنصح فالتهم مولاي صلي وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير للخلق كلهم ظلمت سنة من أحيا الظلام إلى أن اشتكت قدماه الضر رام ورمي مولاي صلي وسلم دائما أبدا Assalamu alaikum. Peace be upon you. For this next surah, I will provide a brief summary uh, before Brother Muhammad uh, perform, uh, delivers the recitation and the nasheed. This surah is called Al Furqan, or the Standard. This Meccan chapter takes its name from verses 1 through 6 in the chapter, which refute the pagan claims that the Quran was fabricated and plagiarized from earlier scriptures. Other passages, condemn polytheism, denial of resurrection, and mocking the Prophet 
God's power manifested in the marvels of creation and reign is emphasized in this chapter and the previous one. The qualities of the righteous servants of God are beautifully, beautifully laid out in verses 63 through 76. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وهو الذي مرج البحرين هذا عذب فرات وهذا ملح أجاج وجعل بينهما برزخا وحجرا محجورا وهو الذي خلق من الماء بشرا فجعله نسبا وصهرا وكان ربك قديرا ويعبدون من دون الله ما لا ينفعهم ولا يضرهم وكان الكافر على ربه ظهيرا وما أرسلناك إلا مبشرا ونذيرا قل ما أسألكم عليه من أجر إلا من شاء أن يتخذ إلى ربه سبيلا وتوكل على الحي الذي لا يموت وسبح بحمده وكفى به بذنوب عباده خبيرا الذي خلق السماوات والأرض وما بينهما في ستة أيام ثم استوى على العرش الرحمن فاسأل به خبيرا وإذا قيل لهم اسجدوا للرحمن قالوا وما الرحمن قالوا وما الرحمن أنسجد لما تأمرنا وزادهم نفورا تبارك الذي جعل في السماء بروجا وجعل فيها سراجا وقمرا منيرا وهو الذي جعل الليل والنهار خلفة لمن أراد أن يذكر أو أراد شكورا وعباد الرحمن الذين يمشون على الأرض هونا وإذا خاطبهم الجاهلون قالوا سلاما والذين يبيتون لربهم سجدا وقياما والذين يقولون ربنا اصرف عنا عذاب جهنم ربنا اصرف عنا عذاب جهنم إن عذابها كان غراما إنها ساءت مستقرا ومقاما والذين إذا أنفقوا لم يسرفوا ولم يقتروا وكان بين ذلك قواما والذين لا يدعون مع الله إلها آخر ولا يقتلون 
ولا يقتلون النفس التي حرم الله إلا بالحق ولا يزنون ومن يفعل ذلك يلقى أثاما يضعف له العذاب يوم القيامة ويخلد فيه مهانا إلا من تاب وآمن وعمل عملا صالحا فأولئك فأولئك يبدل الله سيئاتهم حسنات وكان الله غفورا رحيما ومن تاب وعمل صالحا فإنه يتوب إلى الله متابا والذين لا يشهدون الزور وإذا مروا باللغو مروا كراما والذين إذا ذكروا بآيات ربهم لم يخروا عليها صما وعميانا والذين يقولون ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما أولئك يجزون الغرفة بما صبروا ويلقون فيها تحية وسلاما خالدين فيها حسنت مستقرا ومقاما قل ما يعبأ بكم ربي لولا دعاؤكم فقد كذبتم فقد كذبتم فسوف يكون لزاما صدق الله العظيم Allah 
Thank you for listening, and now we will move to the session of a question and answers. Okay, welcome back. Thanks to each of you all and those who are not up here with us. That was really such a, a beautiful offering. We're so thankful. So I have a series of questions here to begin, and we have some coming in from, from you all out there. I want to start with a question of, is it important to recite the Quran in a melodious tone? So we are certainly encouraged to recite the Quran in a, in a melodious tone. Um, the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, encouraged us to do so. However, everybody to, their, to, to the best of their abilities. Um, the, the Quran, um, there is a science of recitation. Uh, there's an actual methodology and uh, a, a science that is learned about uh, regarding how to recite the Quran. Um, and everybody is... Um, is definitely encouraged to learn how to recite the Quran properly. And those who struggle with the Quran, or those who struggle in reciting the Quran, actually are, are rewarded double for their efforts. Um, so, um, you know, while, while, me, while we all may be able to recite at different levels or different um, styles, uh, certainly those who struggle in the recitation are, are uh, you know, are, are favored with a higher reward for their struggle. I want to thank everyone. I want to thank the Rothko Chapel for putting this beautiful program together. And I want to add to the answer that Muhammad has put. Uh, uh, 
Uh, I'm a neurologist, so I cannot help it but put some medical stuff, uh, medical spin on it. And sorry for the scratchy voice. We've been sleep deprived, no food, no drinking, and we have to sing now. So, <laughs> so uh, the current studies actually with functional MRIs show that when you sing or when you have a supplication and do it in a rhythmic tone, in melodious way, it has effect in certain areas of the brain, which we now call the centers of spirituality. And this is why uh, you see most faith traditions actually, inherently they use these rhythms and use melody. And that did not come from vacuum. I think it's just been over thousands of years uh, known to have that effect on the spirit. I mean, and, uh, and it lifts up your spirit. It has effect on the heart, what we call softens the heart, and uh, hits a certain spot. Now, this is a proven scientifically. In the Buddhist monks, actually, this has been studied extensively and in many other traditions. Uh, Islamically, as Muhammad said, uh, there are rules on how you recite the Quran, how you uh, pronounce every letter, actually. It has, uh, and people study that, they take masters and PhDs on just how to recite the Quran. So back to the point, yes, it is very important to learn that because it would truly have a different effect and impact on the heart and the soul. And I'm curious, as a follow-up question to that, are the, the melodies very specific, or is the person reciting that, is there an invitation to improvise or to change what those melodies are? Yeah, so there are uh, both. Uh, there are established in our tradition what we call maqamat, or different styles of, of recitation. Scales. Uh, scales uh, of, of reciting the Qur'an. Um, but certainly, uh, you know, the reciter, especially those who have mastered, uh, you know, are, are able to flow between the different scales and styles and, uh, and you know, or, you know, recite in their own manner, in their own, uh, you know, unique, um, you know, tone and rhythm. Uh, you know, we're, you know, we're not uh, forbidden from, from attempting to recite in, in you know, whatever manner uh, we're able to. That's great. Thank you. And we're getting a question um, from someone in the audience. Hadil is asking, can women recite in a melodic tone? Yes, certainly they can, actually. Uh, Muhammad had a great voice, and this is why we couldn't uh, pass up the opportunity to have him here. <laughs> Otherwise, we would have had uh, a woman to, to do this. Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you. Um, another question. Do... Didn't, do Nasheeds play in Islamic worship services similar to hymns in the Christian faith? So Nasheed very much means a song or hymn actually, or supplication. And um, it has a similar role that you see in other traditions. And uh, uh, this has been uh, an area that uh, developed over centuries actually. And uh, for example, the uh, lyrics we performed uh, was written roughly in the year 1280s. So you can tell that it evolved over hundreds of years and it became a cardinal part of 
the Islamic traditions, especially uh, there is an Islamic version of everything we do in life. Like even wedding party, you would have Islamic nasheed, for example, and uh, supplications in the mosques. This is how you teach uh, kids language, actually, by teaching them nasheed as well, so you can capture certain words. But in a sense, yes, it has a similar role that in other traditions, especially in Christianity. Great. Thank you. So I'm curious, what are some of the other forms of meditative arts within Islamic faiths? Sure. So there are what we call the supplications. That's what's called dhikr or azkar, and uh, what we call the remembrance of God. The remembrance of God could be by using his names uh, or uh, certain supplications that uh, the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, uh, has left us with, and you can actually use these su supplications. For example, uh, when, and, and again, this is similar to what actually you have in the Christian tradition. For example, when we say, La ilaha illallah, this is our common statement of saying there is no God but God. And you're encouraged to do it every day so many times. But instead of just saying it like kind of in a dry way, you can say, La ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah. So everything, everything could be sung, actually. And uh, I've seen on your website you one hosted like the Verling Dervish, you know. And this is kind of aspect of, you know, Sufism, which is uh, very focused, actually, and. Uh, rhythms and melodies and uh, singing aspect. The, the nasheed, you cannot talk about Sufism without talking about nasheed. They're very much attached to each other. And again, uh, this has evolved over centuries of years and became a very unique art of the Islamic tradition. I hope I answered your question. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> Um, another question came in from, um, from someone out there, anonymous. Could you please speak to the significance of the upcoming Layl al-Qadr? Qadr, yes. Okay. So Laylatul Qadr is called the night of power and honor. It is in Ramadan, and it is in the last 10 days of Ramadan, specifically one of the odd nights, which follows the lunar calendar, Many Muslims believe uh, it is the 27th night. The significance of that uh, night, that this is the night when the Quran was revealed from heavens to earth, basically. So it carries that significance, that honor, that power. And this is the night when God looks with mercy on his servants and deposits the wisdom, the knowledge, the mercy in the hearts of people who are worshiping and who are submitting themselves to God. So everyone is encouraged to pursue it and to seek it actually, because it is as mentioned in the Quran itself actually, that observing that night is in value of observing a thousand months, which is 83 years basically which is the lifespan of a human being. So if you're observing it with dedication, with devotion, with sincerity, with humble heart to God, then God will look with mercy, with favor into that heart and showers it 
with the knowledge, with the wisdom. And this is the night that all the children actually seek, including my eight-year-old, because it is mentioned that God answers all the prayers on that night. Mm -hmm. So if you have a cat, you know, <laughs> this is the night you have to make the prayer on. Okay. If you have a certain wish or desire, that is the night. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, what we call it, it is the power and honor. This is the honor to be close to God. This is the honor of connecting your heart to God and in experience and savor the sweetness of faith and being near to God. I do have another question that's come in, but I'm just curious if um, there may be individuals viewing today that are not really familiar with Ramadan. I was wondering if there's anything else you all would like to, to share about what Ramadan is. Um, so Ramadan is, is the month of fasting. Um, it is the month that we, we fast, uh, abstaining from uh, food and water and, and marital relations, but it's also a a month where we emphasize the, the virtues of patience and the virtues of sacrifice and perseverance. Um, and, you know, so from, from the outward of your body get, getting less to your soul, you know, how, how you're, um, you can accustom your soul to sacrificing. Um, and so Ramadan is, is a time when we all, uh, you know, try our best to discipline ourselves and um, and seek that closeness to God that uh, Dr. Bassem was uh, was mentioning. Um, would you like to add anything? Sure. And again, I cannot help but put the medical spin on it. Actually, there is a piece that I've just written, and it's on our website, wasatinstitute.com. It's called the neurotheological aspects of fasting. We have evidence now that fasting actually and all the rituals that are observed in Ramadan, whether it's uh, the remembrance of God, the recitation of, uh, of Quran, giving it charity, contributing to the community, they all make actually a physiologic effect on the brain and light up what I would like to call again the spirituality centers in the brain. So these physical practices and rituals that we observe they are translated into physiologic effect in the human body and is reflected in the spirituality. It's feeling like the softness of the heart, the connectedness to, to God, and also the love. The time of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, the same as we are now. Yes, um, yes, absolutely. Uh, the Quran uh, was revealed in different um, recitations, but the Qur'an, which is actually one of the unique characteristics of the Qur'an, is a historical record for the completion and the collection and the authenticity of the Qur'an. The Qur'an is narrated in what we call in um, the science of, of transmission, mutawatir, or numerous transmission, numerous chains of transmission. So the Qur'an was received to us as is received to us today, was transmitted by numerous historical uh, uh, chains of narration that have been authenticated, um, you know, from 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 the absolute beginning, and so to this day, you have a chain of a chain of uh, of how the Quran was transmitted, and we mean this in a literal sense. 
that was transmitted from so-and-so who heard it from so-and-so who heard it from so-and-so all the way to the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, who received it from the angel Gabriel. So um, the Qur'an today is as it was revealed um, to the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. So this is a great answer. I understood the question in a different way. Mm -hmm. um, and therefore the answer is twofold. Are the words the same? Yes, they are. And this is the answer that uh, Muhammad has given. And uh, as we know, the mentors and the teachers, the instructions of the Quran, generation after generation, transmitted the Quran precisely in a very scrupulous way, actually, very accurate way. So now between us and the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, you have between 26 to 28 generation. I'm one of the people who've been honored to have certification actually in that transmission. And between me and the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, there are 26 generations in structures. Meaning when you certify someone, you know that they have to do it precise and accurate the way it was revealed. Uh, one of the things you alluded in the bio of Mu'adh actually, you mentioned his father and grandfather, both were scholars. It's beyond that actually, more honorable than that. There are some of the world-renowned scholars in the transmission of Quran who certify people actually on the authenticity and that the actual script of the Quran. The other part uh, of the answer, is it recited in the same melody, the same way the Prophet ﷺ did? We're not sure because these scales are local to every geographical zone actually. Uh, for example, in the Middle East, the scales we use, most of them actually are Turkish and Persian. And this is part of the recitation that Muhammad was reciting. Uh, during the time of the Prophet, they had different, different styles and scales. And people now kind of speculate and try to uh, come up with a conclusion. Well, this is how, we, how the Prophet used to uh, or the rhythm he used to have, the melody he used to have, it's possible, but no one can be 100% sure. Would love to have that answer actually, but uh, I don't think it is conceivable to know exactly what melody he used. I see. Well, thank you both for, for answering that question. It seems that we've come to a close of our time. I wanna thank each of you all uh, for being here today and for contributing to this experience. And for everyone who's out there, I do hope that you'll join us next month. We will be offering, uh, our next offering is Wednesday, June uh, the 2nd at 12 o'clock, and we will be featuring Unitarian Universalist tradition, um, which is going to be led by Reverend Dr. Colin Boson and Mark Vogel of First Unitarian Universalist Church of Houston. So thank you so much. Be well. Thank you. Thank you.